Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, sorry about that. I was just leaving nasty messages at the Department of Justice switchboard and uh, couldn't get through to the Attorney General. Look at this girl. What an abomination, huh? It's an abomination. What they did, you know it, I know it, everybody knows it, even they know it, even they know that what they did, horrific. Um, I just, I'm not shocked. I knew this, we kind of heard buzz about this. It's not as bad as uh, when the FBI raided him in August of 2022. Not as bad in that, you know, for me, for me personally, I was really deeply affected by that. I'm bothered by this. But that's when I realized anything was possible. If the FBI agents would jump in and bust through Mar-a-Lago and, oh, God, what do we do? What do we do? What can you do? Look, it's going to be, it's all going to be great. I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's going to probably take a miracle. And uh, miracles do have a way of finding Donald Trump, right? I mean, we've never seen anything like this. I do believe he is anointed in so many ways. And he will prevail. He will prevail. And they will be exposed. They will be exposed. This is a crime. What they have done to him is a crime. I love what Mark Levin said. He said, this is the real insurrection. What you're seeing right now, this is an insurrection. You know, Joe Biden, I haven't, where is that? Here he is uh, saying that Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. Listen carefully to how he puts his take on Donald Trump. This is all the way back in November, but it's important. Cut 15, please. Cut 15. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by, uh, if we, uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution, does not become the next president again. What if he gets more votes? <laughs> what if he's more popular than you? What was that first part? We're going to demonstrate to him that he will not be president. One more time. Very important here. Cut 15. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by, uh, if we, uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution, does not become the next president again. So they're not even going to, they're not going to let the people decide this one. That he will not take power. Under the legitimate efforts of the Constitution. What the hell is, what's he talking about here? Um, weaponization of the Justice Department. I think what he's trying to do actually is bail himself out of what he just said. There are two parts to this statement. We have to demonstrate to him that he will not take power. Wow. That's quite a statement. In a democracy. It's not up to Joe Biden. It's not up to the incumbent president who comes next or who runs after him. It's up to us. We may vote for him. He may get more votes than you, Joe. And we have to demonstrate to him that he will not take power. How are you going to do that? Then he knows he's in a little bit of a hole. And then 
He'd start talking about legitimate constitutional efforts. Exposed right there. That's a little bit of exposure, but it's real. Now, in the meantime, this happens. They uh, drop the indictment, but curiously, they weren't totally ready. Hmm. Actually, I'm just realizing this now. So no one's seen the indictment. You know, we know this because the Trump team got a phone call and they're sharing with us. President Trump told us that he's going to be indicted. They told him he's going to have to show up on Tuesday at three o'clock. Now, at this point, usually you would have word from the prosecutors. We haven't heard from A.G. Garland. Nothing, right? A press conference, something, even a statement. That guy doesn't take questions, but something. And where's the damned indictment? Well, I think they weren't planning to release it. Maybe it's they're not finished with it. They sped things up because yesterday, maybe you heard, maybe you didn't. Good chance you didn't because, well, it was buried like everything else bad about Biden. Documents were uh, shown to Congress by the FBI. They did this reluctantly, but they have forms indicating that confidential human sources, witnesses, have told the FBI that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden received $10 million, $5 million each, uh, from people in Ukraine, and it's all related to Burisma. And oh, by the way, it might be related to why the hell we're spending so much money in Ukraine. You think? You think Joe's a little bit afraid? Maybe <laughs> he works for them, not for us? Is that why there's no daylight between us and Ukraine? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I've had it with that war. I have had it with the killing like Trump. How is this a radical policy? How is this politically incorrect to say we don't want any more killing? Why doesn't anybody talk about peace? Because Joe Biden, I believe, is owned by them. And if he were to start talking about peace, I think they'd, they'd drop a bomb on Joe. They'd, they'd put it all out there. Joe was asked about this. So the FBI has, <laughs> there's evidence that suggests that you were involved in a criminal bribery scheme and you sold out America. Cut 15, please. Cut 15. We just have to demonstrate. No, to sorry. No, 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 no. Make it the cut 16. The cut 16. This is, that was from November. This is yesterday. Cut 16. Bribery allegation. Congresswoman Nancy Mason, there's damning evidence that the FBI filed it and sold out the country. Do you have a response to the congressional Republicans? Where's the money? I'm joking. Yeah, it's interesting. Everybody who hears that, all, all they all the only they focus on the malarkey. Oh, well, there's Joe. Well, malarkey. What what a corny old man thing to say. Malarkey. Nobody says malarkey anymore. They're they're all distracted by the malarkey part of that. They should be talking about the where's the money part. So I isolated. They took out all the other crap. Cut twenty two. Where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? Joe, you would know. He's accused of bribery, and he said, well, where's the money? Good luck finding it. You know what they've said about the money? That Joe, well, successfully uh, laundered it. <laughs> laundered it. Go over to the Treasury Department. Well, you got to be a member of the House Oversight Committee, but they got hundreds of SARS, suspicious activity reports related to the Bidens. Where's the money? Well, you shared it with your brother with your brother's wife, with your grandchildren, with Hunter, with Hunter's girlfriend or your former daughter-in-law, however the hell you want to look at it, with Haley Biden, um, various in-laws. Uh, who the hell knows who else was involved in this? But you spread it around. Look at you all smug. Where's the money? Well, I can actually see it. I can see your money. 
I can see the beach house in Delaware. I can see the mansion in McLean, Virginia. I can see the, the mansion you live in right now, the one in Delaware. I can see uh, the, the old house you used to live in, the biggest house in Delaware, the DuPont mansion. He bought it as a... He bought it as a public servant, a guy who likes to say he's the poorest man in Congress. Where is the money? Actually, here's uh, Mr. Comer, Congressman Comer, telling us uh, how it all worked. Cut 23. Joe Biden's son. Joe Biden's brother. Joe Biden's brother's wife. Hunter Biden's girlfriend or Bo Biden's widow, however you want it to write that hunter biden's ex-wife hunter biden's current wife and three children of the president's son and the president's brother so we're talking about grandchildren a grandchild that's odd most people that work hard every day's grandchild doesn't get a wire from a foreign national isn't that it's pretty wild, isn't it? That's just, it's right there. It's right there. And regarding, uh, Ukraine, $10 million, $5 million for Joe and $5 million for Hunter. What did they do for that money? Well, we have proof of what they did for that money. All right. Joe has his son working for Burisma, big shady Ukrainian energy company. Right when Joe Biden's the vice president and responsible for, guess what? Ukraine, that's part of the portfolio that he wanted. And then uh, Burisma is being, well, they're they're being investigated by this guy named Shokin. Now, why in the hell would Joe Biden care who the prosecutor is in Ukraine? Joe Biden is in, is in, in his entire political career. Did he ever call for the resignation of any prosecutor in another country? Can you think of that happening? Can you think of another world leader demanding a prosecutor like, the president of France demanding that Alvin Bragg be fired. No, he wouldn't get involved in that. We're involved in that. We do that, but not the president of France. Joe Biden gets on the phone with uh, the then president of Ukraine, Poroshenko. It's interesting. This this is recorded. We have it on tape. Thanks to Mr. Poroshenko. He knew, he knew a shakedown. He could feel it. He knew what was going on. So this is recorded on his end. He's recording the vice president of the United States so they can, well... Bribery. You know, when you start taking bribes, when you start uh, doing favors or asking for things, uh, people will record it and you could be implicated just like this. Cut 20, please. Cut 20. Yesterday, I met meet with the general prosecutor, Shokin. Yeah. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong. I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday. I especially asked him to resign. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. Wow. You hear what the president said, Poroshenko? Even though we have nothing that he did wrong, I'm doing this as a favor for you. Great. So this is my commitment to keeping my promise to you. I agree. Now, Joe knows that he's um, in trouble on this. He knows. He knows. He probably knew it at the time. Wait a second. I'm just saying this stuff out loud. I'm getting too close to it. So he tries to turn it into something like, oh, um, 
you know, he tried the hiding in plain sight routine. January of, uh, this is actually in 2018, Joe is an ex-vice president of the United States, not yet running for president. He's at a confab, a little get-together at the Council on Foreign Relations. He's on stage. You heard that conversation. You heard how it just went down, right? Listen to Joe's version of what happened. Cut 21. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. It's incredible that he, uh, that they let him get away with this. And you know who we rail on the media all the time, but they really are guilty here. They have created this atmosphere, this environment where anything related to Trump, they have so toxified him and his environment. You know, he is having trouble getting lawyers, like good lawyers that will stay. It's really, really hard because they're coming after lawyers. Rudy Giuliani, they canceled his damn law license. Why? Why? You're allowed to disagree in America. You know, the law says something. Okay, people have different interpretations of the law all the time. The Supreme Court all the time. Five to four decisions. Smartest people in the world can disagree a thousand percent about something that's written in black and white. They're going after lawyers. You know, the whole matter regarding January 6th, the legality of um, uh, of objecting to the electoral count or the illegality, as the swamp would try to portray it, it was all determined by one retired judge, Judge Ludig. Remember that broken down guy I told you about used to work for Boeing? Just him. He's the one guy. It's all up to him. He gives his, his opinion. No, this should have made it to the Supreme Court. Anyway, uh, Joe got we believe Joe's been caught in a major bribery scandal. And I don't think it's uh, <laughs> it's really not on the news. Fox is doing it a little bit. And, oh, by the way, how about News Corp? <laughs> you know, news Corp owns Fox. News Corp owns the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal. You know who works at the News Corp? Paul Ryan, the former speaker. And this is one of the few days I actually wanted to know what the hell they said on their op, uh, op-ed page. Who reads the editorials anymore? Nobody really reads the editorials anymore. They used to be incredibly important, but they're not as important anymore. The owners of the company, you know, they they look at it. They they study it. They want it reflects their worldview. President of the United States, we find out he's being indicted. Not one peep out of those guys. Not one peep. They're talking about Eric Adams and his trash plan. Uh, they're talking about something that happened in Israel. But they're not talking about this because they're okay with it. Even Republicans want this to go down. Rhinos, that is, Mitt Romney types, Mitch McConnell's, News Corp. But in many ways, they run the world. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, the bulk of this case is apparently going to be about obstruction, and we'll talk about that. It, the whole damn thing, though, it so frustrates me. Here they go again, right? The left. They do one outrageous, crazy thing after the next, all right? Sabotaging President Trump's uh, campaign back in 2016, uh, then his transition, uh, uh, screwing him over with the intelligence community, this intelligence community trying to screw him over. I mean, Chuck Schumer even admitted it. Uh, he gets in there, uh, he fires Mueller, everybody wants him to fire Mueller. It, Mueller is the most fireable guy on earth. 
He fires him, and um, all hell breaks loose. They investigate it for two years. Then it goes, did nothing wrong. The Ukraine thing, did nothing wrong. January 6th, oh, my God. Oh, holy gee. Peaceful and patriotic, anybody? Did anybody else hear that? Anybody else see that the doors were left open? Anybody else see that the Capitol cops, sorry, but they were lobbing stun grenades into peaceful crowds? They started it. Seems like they even wanted it. To forever tarnish Donald Trump? I think that's what's going on here. I, uh, I know it is, actually. I know it. And what do we do? What do we do? We uh, we complain and we point out the uh, the problems, and I do that, and you have to do that. And then they just keep going. Conservative media, we do not have the, the reach. We do not have the bandwidth. We do not have the resources. We do not have the, look, they're setting the agenda, and we're reacting to it. And it drives me bloody crazy. It just might drive me <laughs> to City Hall, and I may go across the street to the county clerk's office, file the paperwork, whatever the hell it is you have to do to run for mayor, get my name on that ballot. Sometimes I feel so frustrated because, by the way, I can't even call. I can't even encourage my friends. Hey, let's all get together. Uh, maybe we'll we'll make some signs and uh, we'll go down to the courthouse and and let those guys know how we feel, right? We'll just gather together and, you know, you know, shout some slogans and then we'll go home. You can't do that anymore. Ooh, that'll be like January 6th. And it could be. Who knows? It'll be infiltrated. Antifa will attack us. They've even taken that off the table. What are we going to do? I Joe DeGeneva on last night. we got to write letters. you got to get on social media. But there's got to be something else. And I just, I don't know. Help me. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, just summarizing and uh, looking at, yeah, everybody blew this off. I will not blow it off. That 1023 form that the FBI, because the Federal Bureau of Investigation, actually the Friends of Biden Incorporated, or forever, forever bothering the innocents, or forever blowing it, however you want to look at it. They did not want to turn this stuff over to the House Oversight Committee. Who the hell are they to say no to the American people, oh, by the way? Finally, um, when faced with being held in contempt and possibly going to jail, uh, Christopher Ray allowed the committee to look at the document, but not actually take it or not even make a copy of it or do anything with it. Just uh, you can memorize it. Well, Marjorie Taylor Greene did a little bit more than that. Good for her. She took a few notes, and she told the American people what it was all about. Now, because they don't want Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, breaking through, and they don't want anybody really to hear her, and she's been shadow banned in all kinds of places, um, it's hard to hear her because you had to get a bootleg copy of this press conference. But Marjorie Taylor Greene laying out what she just found out from the FBI And here she is. It's a little bit muffled, but it's important. Here she is trying to tell the American people all about the Bidens. Cut 17. Cut 17. 
He also said that he paid $5 million to one Biden, and he paid $5 million to another Biden. And it was all a bribery to get Shokin fired and end the investigation into Burisma. It makes total and complete sense, doesn't it? It's exactly what happened. Is it, we have Joe Biden on tape. We have a guy. This is a legitimate um, FBI source, longtime source. The FBI pays this individual for money. The one that Marjorie Taylor Greene is uh, citing here. Next, uh, cut 18. He did say that it would take 10 years for all of us to find out the payments made to the Bidens because of how many bank accounts there were. Yeah, that's why Joe Biden yesterday said so smugly, where's the money? (laughs) As in, good luck finding it, you schmucks. Cut 19. He told the informant that he has two pieces of evidence showing proof of payment to Hunter and specifically Joe Biden. Well, that's dynamite stuff, don't you think? And the FBI has this information. Why wasn't that leaked? Why are, why, why did the FBI, they never leak on Joe Biden, huh? Why, 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 why not? Why not? Why is it only about Trump? Why, and by the way, lies about Trump for years, the Mueller report and all that nonsense. Irene in Bedminster? Yes. Yes, Irene, number one, you got the, you see that on the phone, right? Why are you shaking your head like you've never seen a telephone before? Seriously. Okay, look down the list. There she is. Hello. Yes. How, how are you? I'm good. So anyway, regarding Burisma, I remember reading in the beginning that there were several European countries that wanted to get rid of this corrupt uh, Ukrainian prosecutor, and they couldn't get it done. So that's when they asked the U.S. to help. Oh. And that's how Joe Biden got involved. Right. It wasn't because he... No, himself, you're wrong. You're, you're wrong. Let me, let me tell you something. You're, you're talking... This is what Vinman... This is a deep state, are you? Okay. So... Uh, that's what you heard, oh, by the way, right? This is what you generally heard. This is kind of what you generally have kind of, you heard it on television or anything like that. I mean, you don't have the document from, uh, the European Union that called for the ouster of this prosecutor, do you? Listen, I, I was telling no. you, I didn't hear it on TV. I read it. I read it in the Oh, you read it, you read it in the newspaper. Well, online. Okay, you read, you read, oh, you read it online, on the okay. internet, on the internet. You get your- let me tell you this. Let me tell you what actually happened. Everybody's like, everybody thinks that the interagency coordinated with the international community to get this one prosecutor fired, this one prosecutor, this one local prosecutor in Ukraine. Now, why would they give a damn? Well, why would they, they excuse me, excuse me, I'm not that. Why would they give a damn? Who is in the perfect position? To get the interagency, our intelligence community, the European Union, because believe me, this is a paperwork thing. Who's able to work the system? I mean, why do you think they got Joe Biden? Why do you think they would give him $5 million? Because Joe, being Joe, you don't just, I'm Joe Biden, do it. You got to set the conditions. He's the vice president. You use the power that you have, the position that you have. To arrange things to, to do what your benefactor, your illegal benefactor wants done. So this is the first excuse. Well, that was the policy of the entire international community. Show me how many times the entire international community wanted one prosecutor fired in one country. The person who was perfectly positioned 
to set the conditions, to get the interagency. You ever work for somebody? You ever work, have a job, and then the boss wants something? You just know the boss wants something. Guess what? The boss gets what he wants. So you have the interagency. You have these people like Vinman, these cubicle dwellers. The political component here wants something. They want Shokin gone. Give us cover. Give us a pretext to get rid of them, i.e. the European Union, i.e. the interagency. They come together and they, here's our, here's the paperwork. Oh, you see, we have it all right. It's all official. It's all official. Now let's hear from, let's hear from, uh, the president of Ukraine one more time. Cut 20, cut 20. Yesterday I met, meet with the general prosecutor Shokin. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong. I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday. I especially asked him to resign. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. So this is President Poroshenko, by the way, good friend, good friend of Joe Biden. Three days before he left the vice presidency, he goes all the way over there to meet with the president of Ukraine. Three days before he's going to be an ex-vice president. Why would he do such a thing? Because Ukraine is a cash cow. Oh, yeah. You can make lots of money in Ukraine. Um, Rudy can tell you, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, you went away. Well, good for you. Um yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that actually from people at the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations. This was the policy of the entire interagency. Well, when has the interagency screwed us before, huh? Weapons of mass destruction, anybody? The boss wants there to be weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Write a report that reflects that. And guess what? They get their report. The boss, and this is probably a bit more subtle. Hey, we're getting word from the vice president's office, you know, Shokin, give him some sort of cover. Give him some sort of pretext. The vice president of the United States gets on the phone and... No, it's not done that way. No, this is a corrupt man, I have no doubt. Maria in Short Hills, yes. Hi, Greg. Regarding this abomination against our real president, I have just two short comments. Number one, where is Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, and the rest of the gang who are running against President Trump in 2024? Have they come to his defense at all? They should, because if they think that they are immune from the wrath of the of the left, I got a bridge I'd like to sell. <laughs> yeah, they've all been weak on this, in my opinion, very weak. Um, you know, DeSantis uh, is is passive aggressive. His statement. Um, Mitt Romney total, total, totally betrayed the country by saying that this is somehow a good thing. No, you're right. They're all weak. You know who's been great, though? You know who's genuinely good when it comes to Trump? And look, it's a free country. You can run as a Republican against Trump. I'm not going to support you, but you can go for it. You can try it. And there's one guy who's doing it that I like, uh, Vivek Ramatswamy. Now, I'll tell you what. He's got ideas. He's interesting. And when it comes to Trump, he's very respectful. He's very respectful. He's not he, – he never actually says anything particularly bad about him. He just says, this is what I want to do. I want to take – so I can live with that. 
He's been great. He's been great. The other one's Asa Hutchinson. These people, <laughs> Pence, Christie, it's even more pathetic. Christie, I think, is pretty bummed because he's uh, the attention is kind of evaporating. You know, he was a novelty candidate. Um, did you see that video in France? My God, my God. We all need guns. I'm sorry. I want to have a gun. I don't want to just watch somebody stab people. I want to have a gun, or I want other people to have a gun. Maybe I don't want to have a gun, but I want other people to have a gun. Jerry, you do you want a gun? I will certainly do. I, I have a gun. You're in Chicago. You need one. Uh, what's going on? Yeah, is it? Yeah, okay. Um, I know it's not proper to talk about other shows when I'm on when the, with, when I'm on your show. You're damn right about I that, my- Jerry. Oh, okay. okay. Well, uh, one time uh, exception. Let me, let what, re- what is it? What is it? Rephrase it this way. Let me rephrase it this way. The alleged obstruction of justice charge against Trump. Now, doesn't the president have ultimate authority to declassify anything he wants whenever he wants? Because if I'm not mistaken, a similar case was like, about this was happened to Bill Clinton. And a judge ruled that the president has the ultimate authority. Well, so it's a little case. bit it's a little bit different. The president that was about what is presidential and what is personal. It's under the Presidential Records Act, and I know that's cited a lot. It's a rabbit hole. Listen, what did you want to say about the other show? No, I did I heard it on Mark Levin's show. Oh, I love Mark. I, I was talking about Mark just the other day. Uh actually just this morning. He was great. He called this an insurrection. Mark, we can talk about Mark Levin anytime you want. The guy is uh, the guy is fantastic. Uh, yeah, look, Mark Levin's a lawyer. He's worked in the administration. He knows these people. He knows what a swamp it is. He's been great on this stuff. And yes, it's uh, to go in a bit more detail. This is the thing about the socks, right? The socks drawer. And he was working with that historian. Um, you know what they're going to try to make this case about mostly is the obstruction part, obstruction of justice. Forget about the classified documents and. If they can't get you on the merits, they'll get you on obstruction. It is a kind of a backdoor way to punish people they do not like. Now, one thing is totally astounding. Did you hear about this? Did Mark talk about this? They're, they're actually trying to get lawyers. They're trying to get lawyers to tell us, well, what did, what did Trump tell you? What, what, what tell us about your communication with your client trying to violate attorney client privilege? There's been all kinds of, uh, prosecutorial misconduct alleged. One of them is uh, Timothy Parlator. I have trouble with his name. Parlator. He's an ex-lawyer for Trump. I wish he was still working there. Hey, is it true that trustee is no longer on the team? You know, the society, the legal society has made it very tough. You'll, they threaten you. You could lose your other clients. You may not work again. It's uh, it's a, You could be disbarred. Anyway, Jerry, what else is going on in Chicago? No, nothing but rampant crime every weekend. I think the over and under for shootings is 50. Hmm. Are you in the city? Are you in the suburbs or where? Yeah, I live in an, I live in an outer suburb. I don't actually live in the heart of the city. Yeah. I live in Norridge, Illinois. All right. Well, thank you for checking in, man. All right, brother. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thanks, pal. Um, yeah, Chicago. What a nightmare. And, um, Oh, what else? What else shall we? What else can we do? What can we do? What can we do? What do we do? Write letters, tweet. It doesn't seem like it's enough. I know we can't go down and protest. You can't do that anymore. So what the hell are we going to do? You know, everybody knew. Everybody knew that Joe Biden was dumb and 
dishonest before he got this big job. Now, somehow they thought that was charming. Now, Joe Biden has been caught in a million different lies, a million different lies over the years. He was a dunce, a total and complete dunce. Why did Barack Obama pick him? Partly because he's a dunce, okay? That's a big, big, big chunk of it. Barack is still running the show. Did you hear what Tucker said about... (laughs) we got to run that one when I come back. Uh, Tucker has some interesting theories about uh, the personal life of Barack Obama. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, we're up to uh, 37 counts. 37 counts. Wait to get my hands on this indictment. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to. All right, let's see. What did Alan Dershowitz say about this? Alan Dershowitz, this guy is an American treasure. He really is. Cut five, please. Cut five. Um, I'm not surprised you can indict a ham sandwich. The question is, can you convict him? I'd like to see what the indictment says, what it alleges. There's nothing unconstitutional or illegal about trying to resist a campaign against you if you're if you're a defendant you're entitled to uh, to try to prevent it by lawful means the question is did he cross any lines mm. uh cut six please alan dershowitz uh we don't know if it's just the handling aspect or if it's an obstruction of justice charge well, it uh, has to be an obstruction of justice charge there's no way they could indict him for doing what uh, President Biden did or what Vice President Pence did or what Sandy Berger did or what Hillary Clinton did or what probably all previous presidents did, that is take classified material with them when they left the White House. I don't think they're going to indict him alone for that. My, what I predicted in my book, Get Trump, is that they would go after him on some process crime, some crime involving some some obstruction of justice or something like that. But, you know, those are not easy crimes to prove. If you're if you're an ordinary citizen, you can usually beat those cases. If you're Donald Trump, it's a lot harder. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like he's beneath the law. Somebody asked me, is he above the law? No, he's beneath the law. And the law is being maliciously applied at that. You ever look at that statue outside of the courthouse? I think they have one at the Department of Justice. Lady Justice, she's holding the scales. And what else is going on with her? She's blindfolded. She is blindfolded. Uh, you think this case ever? <laughs> of course not. Hey, he has every right. Oh, by the way, I'm going to look at this. I mean, there's something to be said. Once the FBI starts crawling around Mar-a-Lago and asking Trump questions, everything they have done since he ever met the FBI was they were trying to get him. They were trying to put him in jail from 2015. They spied on his campaign. They did. He has no reason whatsoever to trust the FBI, none, zero, or the federal government. I mean, look at what they did. Look at what they put him through. And look at what they're doing right now. Look at what there is just a one more from Alan Dershowitz, please. Uh, Cut eight, cut eight. It's a very serious challenge to the rule of law. And unless they have an open and shut slam dunk Richard Nixon type case, it should never, ever have been brought. I really like Alan Dershowitz. You know, he's lost a lot of friends for speaking out boldly. He um, He's shunned, and where's that place he likes to go? Martha's Vineyard. Nobody talks to him anymore. He used to have a lot of Hollywood friends. Uh, they all blow him off. It doesn't matter. He's made new friends. 
<laughs> he's uh, he's made plenty of new friends. I like to have him on my show from time to time. He's great. Um, but who cares? Who cares? You know, you got to do the right thing. These people who are going along with this stuff in so many ways, they're prisoners. They're prisoners. And Joe Biden, you are still a liar. Cut nine, please. Cut nine. Mr. President, what do you say to Americans to convince them that they should trust the independence and fairness of the Justice Department when your predecessor, Donald Trump, repeatedly attacks it? Because you notice I have never once, not one single time, suggested to the Justice Department what they should do or not do relative to bringing a charge or not bringing a charge. I'm honest. You're not honest. That, that was established a long time ago. But if you were good... You could have stepped in and stopped all of this the day you were inaugurated, actually. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's fascinating to me how they have so warped the language that somehow independent, an independent Justice Department full of unelected people is somehow better than one that has restraints imposed on it by our elected leaders. He could do whatever he wants. He could walk into the Justice Department and say, stop prosecuting that case. It's wrong. He could. He could have said on uh, January 20th, he said he wanted to unite the country, let those January 6ers go, the ones who didn't hurt anybody, the ones who didn't break anything, and stop flying all over the country trying to see if you can recognize people from January 6th. Stop it. He could have said, big tech, stop censoring conservatives, no more shadow bans. And let's cancel this ludicrous impeachment of Donald Trump. If he really wanted to unify the country, remember? He said his whole soul was in it. This is interesting. Judge appointed by Trump will handle the initial court appearance. Uh, Judge Eileen Cannon, appointed by President Trump in 2020, I guess will be then in that Miami courtroom. And uh ooh, let's see here. We got the whole thing here. We're getting the whole thing. It's a 49 pages, 49 pages. Do I have? All right. When we come back, I'm going to go through it. Well, all 49 pages. It's all a bunch of it's nonsense. I will I will skim it during the break and handle it accordingly. Um By the way, they're going to make a big deal out of that. And they're going to try to get that judge removed. And it's got to be a judge that wasn't appointed by Donald Trump. There's no way in the world that he ever met. Eileen Cannon. Uh, judges, district level judges, they don't get to meet the president. You know, I've got four documents signed by presidents. I do. I've got a, uh, from George H.W. Bush. He signed my commission when I was commissioned to second lieutenant. When I was promoted to captain, it was Bill Clinton. Um, later, when I was promoted to lieutenant colonel, it was signed by George. So George W. Bush appointed me lieutenant colonel of the United States Marine Corps? No, he appointed 10,000 people. They do it en masse, all right? So, anyway, I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is garbage. (laughs) They're quoting President Trump's stuff he said during the campaign in 2016. 
trying to use words he said in a political context on the campaign trail in 2016. That's part of this indictment. Um, this is a bogus, bogus, bogus document. All of it. Now we're going to hear from Jack Smith, the disgraced weirdo uh, prosecutor, the one who wears the purple smock everywhere he goes right out of Star Trek. He's going to have a press conference at three o'clock. Be nice to see what this guy sounds like. He's from upstate New York, by the way, and um, went to SUNY Oneonta, of all places. There's another person who they've indicted, it looks like. His name is Walt Nayuda. New name in all of this. Apparently, he's uh, Donald Trump's personal aide. On March 30th, 2022, they allege that President Trump directed defendant Waltine Nayuda to move boxes of documents to conceal them from Trump's attorney, the FBI, and the grand jury, suggesting that his attorney hide or destroy documents called for by the grand jury subpoena, providing the FBI and grand jury just some of the documents called for by the grand jury subpoena. Just because it's a guy, you know, it's a subpoena. It's a piece of paper, all right? You can negotiate these things. You can work it out. He's the president of the United States. He has rights. He has, there are protocols. There are courtesies. And just because a couple of bureaucrats are sending you a, what did what did Jack Nicholson say? You think you can come down here to Gitmo and flash a badge and make me nervous? You think you got the wrong guy? Remember remember that? I mean, uh, let's see, Trump's co-conspirator. Well, mm, all right, everyone's going crazy. This is a damning document. I'm making my way through it. It's 50 pages long. And uh, whoever wrote it hates Trump. <laughs> okay, let's see. Defendant Donald J. Trump was 45th president of the United States of America. Thank you very much. Tells us about his little background there. Um, over the course of his presidency, Trump gathered newspapers, press clippings, letters, notes, cards, photographs, official documents, and other materials in cardboard boxes that he kept in the White House, like everybody else in the world. Among the materials Trump stored in the boxes were hundreds of classified documents, you know about classified documents, right? You know how they classify everything. They classify weather reports. They'll stamp wet. They'll stamp that. They'll stamp it, right? Let's see here. At 12 p.m. on January 20th, 2021, Trump ceased to be president. As he departed the White House, Trump caused scores of boxes, many of which contained classified documents, to be transported to the Mar-a-Lago Club in Palm Beach, Florida, where he maintained his residence. Interesting. What they're implying there is that after he was president, he brought these things with him. No, he was president. At 12 p.m. on January 20th, 2021, Trump ceased to be president. Actually, it was 1147 in the morning when he ceased to be president. But at 1132 in the morning is when he got to Mar-a-Lago. With all this stuff, he was still president of the United States and had full and complete access to all of it. Now, if the uh, National Archives were so concerned, why didn't they actually get another facility like they have done for all former presidents, Obama, Bush, Clinton. They all went to their hometown. This would have been West Palm Beach for Donald Trump and get a facility there and brief him ahead of time. No. Why? Because they wanted to trap him. This was a trap. And no one's talking about, again, the very credible information. Forget about (laughs) documents classified, where they were kept. Secure compound, oh, by the way, but forget about that for a moment. Joe Biden has just been credibly accused of accepting bribes from Ukraine. $10 million. $10 million. Where is that stuff? Let me get that. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Congressman Donalds, they've been awesome on this. 
James Comer has been pretty good, but he's a little bit uh he's a little bit skittish. Do me a favor. Putting this bogus indictment aside for a moment, let's get back to the real story. Joe Biden accepting bribes, perhaps, from Ukraine. Cut 11, please. Cut 11. This document also stipulates that, according to the confidential human source, that money was being moved through several accounts, multiple accounts, to get to Joe Biden. I'm going to say it again. Money was moved on purpose through multiple accounts to get to Joe Biden. How about that? And here we're all over Donald Trump, that he had documents related to his presidency that he had every right to access. And, oh, yes, declassified. The moment he took them with him, they were declassified. I know they're trying to get him away to a second. He actually said on a certain date, he said, this is secret. I can't show it to you, but he showed it to him, to them anyway. That's Trump being a showman. That's Trump being Trump. That's people say stuff. I, I, um, let's get a lawyer on the phone and let's go to, um, Vito real quick. Hi, Vito. Yeah. Hey, Craig. You say, uh, where do we start? I feel that if all the candidates that want to be president and going to be in the primaries, they should all back the constitution and they should all back Trump being the, it could be them that's going to be on the line one day. So we should have to show support and continuity and and unity. Yeah, that's, that's what I have to. I say. know, Ab- absolutely right. And these guys are playing games. DeSantis is playing a game. Asa Hutchins is actually saying he should quit the race. Nikki Haley is being all cute about it. Um, Mitt Romney is being the traitorous uh, a swamp rat that he is. The best one has been Vivek. Um, you know, Fox News hasn't been so hot in all of this. I pointed out that they're not, they have Geraldo on talking about it. They have country music stars when major news is breaking. They're talking about country music instead. They're not, uh, hitting Biden on this stuff, which is, I mean, this is like, talk about a smoking gun, black and white. Talk about open and shut case. We got him on tape badgering the, uh, the president of Ukraine. Badgering the president of Ukraine to fire Shokin, who is an innocent man, oh, by the way. We'll ask Rudy about that. The Mar-a-Lago is an active social club between January of 2021 and August of 22. Hosted all kinds of events. Oh, put the country at risk. Let's see. Trying to get this poor guy, Nayuda. They unleashed it. Look, they think that Trump is a threat to democracy. That's what they've convinced themselves. That's what they've told themselves. And if he's a threat to democracy, well, you can't let him run for president again. They can't take that chance. They're not just going to try to beat him fair and square at the ballot box. They've got to take him out. This is not going to work. I'm still going through it. Man, it's wordy. They tried to, you know what they have? They have a glossary in it that takes a couple of pages. Here's an example. The Central Intelligence Agency. CIA was responsible for providing intelligence on foreign countries and global issues to the president and other policymakers to help them make national security decisions. The Department of Defense, it tells us what the Department of Defense does. And it goes on like this. The Department of Energy, the Department of... And then they go back and they talk about all those, all the things that Trump said about classified documents uh, during the campaign. You know, Hillary, there was a big issue with Hillary. Hillary. Let's see here. In March, 
Man. All right. I'm going to go to you while I continue to read, if you don't mind. Uh, Sandra, welcome back. Hi, Greg. Yesterday, I had a little glimmer of hope that um, Jack Smith took a look in the mirror and decided to do the right thing, but evil has taken over him. In my opinion, he's a disgrace, like everyone else is saying. And, you know, in my own little way, I try to protect Donald Trump. Like, I stopped watching the late show shows because they were, they were mean to him, so I stopped that. I stopped watching Fox News because they were mean to Trump. And, you know, and, and of course I donate. I do whatever I can to help him, and I wish I could be there Tuesday to hold his hand. I, I would love to do that. But I feel like we're all a bunch of hamsters. We're running around that mill, you know, in the cage. We run and we run and we run. We talk and we talk. And nothing is happening. And like we all are saying, what do we do to stop this? I don't know. Well, listen. I like that. Jo- you like what? I like that John Casamitidi said he's going to buy CNN because I'll tell you something. A lot of people, I bet, are very unhappy working there right now because they're going against their soul. Like even Judge Perot, she wrote a book. I heard she can't even talk about it on that show. To me, I don't know. Let's what let you, you know what that that's a very exciting idea. You're right, John Casamitidi's is talking about this. Let's let's listen to the man himself. Cut fourteen, please. Cut fourteen. Well, let me tell you something. You heard it first here. I'm going to make an offer to buy back CNN. Is that true? Seriously? Seriously. I mean, they don't know what they're doing over there. No. They need somebody, they need somebody that knows what they're doing. We're going to make the offer, and uh, let's see what happens. And uh, it deserves better. The purpose of, of a news channel is to, to tell the news, not just opinions, and tell the truth. And that's what the people need. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? And he's a man who could actually do it. And I could help. I think I'd get my own show over there, and I think I could help run the place. You know what I mean? Make me, uh, I don't know, what do I mean? Make me an executive editor in charge of something, and I'll, uh, I'll work my ass off fixing that place. One of the things you gotta do, oh, by the way, when you watch CNN, it's just boring. There's more to television than just having a face. See those panels, right? Just everybody has a face, or they have a big dopey table and 17 people sitting around it, uh, waiting to say something. I'm sorry to say this, but one of the other things you got to do if you take over CNN is basically fire uh, 60% of the place. Sorry. Number one, they're responsible for this. They're responsible for the mess that it's uh, become. And uh, what else? Mm, They're a little bit too um, independent. They're like Chris Licht. One of his problems was he went in there and he was like too, uh, he was too nice to everybody. My thing. I mean, look. You ever run an organization? It's 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 tempting to be Mister Nice Guy on day one. You can't do it that way. You got to be Mister Hard Ass on day one, and then you become Nice Guy a little bit later. He's like, I value and respect the tradition of CNN and your amazing journalism. No, you don't. Otherwise, if this was if the journalism was so amazing, we wouldn't have to gut the place and turn it upside down and around and make it watchable again. All right, so. And they're so enthralled with themselves, the journalism, the journalism, the journalism. Hey, don't feel too sad right now, Sandra. I have it on good authority that Donald Trump right now, at this moment, what do you think he's doing? He's playing golf in Bedminster, New Jersey. He's having a blast. I wish I could play golf. 
I really do. I, 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 I can't do it. I can't, I can't miss the ball. Um, but he's, he's out there pursuing his passion once again. What do you think of that, Sandra? Uh, you just made me so happy. I'm laughing. I love it. I love you, Greg. You really, really, I want to see you become mayor. I want to see you on CNN running that, that, that station. And I would even want to get involved if you would let me. How's that? You would want to get involved? Yeah. All right. I need good people around me. I need people I trust, and I trust you, and I like you. I love you guys, actually. Lots of people I'd love to bring with me, uh, although uh, we'll have to negotiate salary, of course, all right? And around the office, Sandra, you'd have to call me, uh, let's see, because we're friends. You know, I think you'd have to call me Mr. Kelly, all right? Would you be okay with that? I wouldn't want anybody thinking I, I was would. doing special favors for you. I'm just kidding. Remember when Ed Norton and uh, went to go play bo- pool with uh, Ralph at the boss's house? You remember that episode? Probably not. It was a great episode. No. And, uh, all right, Sidra, thank you, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, boy. What an operation. What an operation to get Trump. The whole damn thing. The whole damn thing. And you know who's probably the um, the architect of a lot of this stuff? Mutinous Mark Milley. Him. Him. He let himself be used because he's a little prostitute. He's a little whore. I'm sorry. That Mark Milley is too... Oh, gosh. That little... This is a, is this a democracy or is it a military uh, military dictatorship? What do we have here? Hey, by the way, the guy who's coming next is probably just as bad. But anyway, in the indictment, item thirty three, on July twenty first, twenty twenty one, when he was no longer president, Trump gave an interview to his office in his office at the Bedminster Club to a writer and a publisher in connection with a then forthcoming book. Two members of Trump's staff also attended the interview which was recorded with Trump's knowledge and consent. Before the interview, the media had published reports. At the end of Trump's term as president, a senior military official, the senior military official, who's Milley, by the way, purportedly feared that Trump might order an attack on country A and that the senior military official advised Trump against doing so. This is so Mark Milley. So Mark Milley telling tales to the fake news because, well, he's an amateur. He's an amateur. He did not know what to do with his newfound celebrity. Just did not know the world. Not a sophisticated guy. Upon greeting the writer, publisher, and his two staff members, Trump stated, look what I found. This was senior military officials Milley's plan of attack. Read it and just show it's interesting. Later in the interview, Trump engaged in the following exchange. Well, with this guy, uh, let me see that. I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack country A. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look, this was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Department of Defense and him. Writer, wow. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. All sorts of stuff. Pages long. Look. Hmm. Wait a minute. Let's see. Yeah. I just found it. Isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know, Staffer, mm-hmm, Trump, except it's like highly confidential, Staffer, yeah, Trump, secret, this is secret information, look, look, look at this, you attack and Trump, by the way, isn't that incredible, Staffer, yeah, Trump, I was just thinking, because we were talking about it, 
And, you know, he said he wanted to attack country A. And what? Stafford, you did. Trump, this was done by the military and given to me. I think we can probably, right? Stafford, I don't know. Well, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to declassify it. Stafford, figure out, yeah, Trump. See, as president, I could have declassified it. Yeah, now I can't. You know, but that's still secret. Stafford, yeah, now we have a problem. Trump, isn't that interesting? At the time of this exchange, the writer, the publisher, and Trump's two staff members did not have security clearances or any need to know any classified information about a plan of attack on country A. In August or September of 2021, when he was no longer president, Trump met in his office at the Bedminster Club with a representative of the Political Action Committee. It goes on and on. Basically, they say he's showing this stuff to people who should not be seeing it. Um, I do believe this. You have to go back, however, to the authority. He has the authority to have taken it in the first place, yes, and to declassify it. He had these items when he was president. If he chose to take them with him, they are automatically declassified. That is a thing. They say it's not. It is a thing. It is totally a thing. And he could retain it. No, by the way, it to- it does absolve him because they've been accusing him of all kinds of things. They did accuse him of wanting to invade Iran, North Korea, all these things. Anyway, are we going to have to go down this rabbit hole? Are we going to have to stay down this rabbit hole for a, uh... well, just for a little while? we got to confront it. we got to go through it. There are pictures, pictures of documents, pictures of boxes. Oh, my gosh, boxes. I never would have imagined that an ex-president of the United States would have boxes of documents. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, all this nonsense, classified, top secret, secret documents. This is a very dishonest ploy uh, by the government because most people have no comprehension of classified documents, confidential documents, secret documents. It sounds very mysterious and very important although it not necessarily is those things, especially for those of us who work for the government. Half the damn government is classified. I just want to read this one portion. Um, It looks to me like they somehow got lawyers. They violated the attorney-client privilege. They got lawyers to talk to the prosecutors. And I just want to go through this before um, uh, some lawyer writes down notes about his conversation with Donald Trump. And this is what he says at four points. He says here he's quoting his own his own client. I don't want anybody looking. I don't want anybody looking through my boxes. I really don't. I don't want you looking through my boxes. You know what? Good for him. I totally understand that sentiment. Well, if what if we what happens if we just don't respond at all or don't play ball with them? You're allowed to ask your lawyer these kinds of questions. You know, you are allowed to ask your lawyer these kinds of questions. This is outrageous. Mr. Mayor, Mayor Giuliani just walked in the room. He has represented Donald Trump in the past. Mr. Mayor, we're going through the indictment. Your first take so far. This is, a, this is at best a negligence case. I've read it, you know, really quickly, and uh, this is a 20 minutes worth of reading, so I can't give you the kind of opinion I'd like to give you. But my first impression is this is a negligence case because there were a lot of documents. They were all over the place. This happens with every president. It happens uh, – I'm sure it happened to me when I left uh, uh, City Hall. I'm still finding documents mm-hmm. from when I was at City Hall. I had all mine uh, digitized. So basically what it's missing is any harm to the United States except theoretical harm, meaning 
somebody saw it who allegedly shouldn't have seen it. Mm. But that person isn't a spy. That person didn't give it out to the press. That person didn't give it out to an enemy of the United States. It was never near, close to, or in proximity with any enemy of the United States. Contrast that with Biden, where <laughs> the documents were uh, left out in the open, where uh, a person in a multi-million dollar business with the chief spy of China passed them every day. The documents were sent to Chinatown. Mm. The documents were sent to an institute that's supported by China. Who pay and and also to a to a uh, a uh, academic institution also supported by China, so the documents were put within the purview of our biggest enemy. That's not true here. What is true here is, could you have done a better job of securing them? Uh, yeah. What about the stuff about? Um, all right, so he's communicating with his lawyers. And, you know, they're trying to figure out, do we have to comply? You're allowed to say that. Now, what they're going to say is that it looks like what they're going to allege or they have alleged is that Trump kept the documents that he wanted to keep away from his lawyers who are looking for the documents to comply with the subpoena. And they've got text messages between him and his uh, personal aide, somebody named Walt Nayuda, who I've never heard of before. I, I actually have not, never heard of him either. But, but I, I recognize his face. You recognize his face. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. What about that? I mean, you know, it's kind of strange. You know, lawyers, uh, you know, anyway, they come in and they say, Mr. President, this guy says, I got to look for everything. I got to look for everything. I mean, I can understand, Donald. I can totally, I feel it. I've been in a similar position at one point. Like, you want to come in and look at my stuff? Right. No. We should start off with why did, why did he have it? First of all, he took it while he was president of the United States. And he delivered it to uh, Mar-a-Lago when he was president of the United States, and shortly thereafter was no longer president of the United States. The Presidential Records Act sets up a system whereby a president and the archivist are given a period of time to go through the documents so the president can designate personal documents. He can also designate documents that he believes shouldn't be released for a certain period of time. Twelve years is the general General rule. How long is that period where he works with the National Archives not, to figure not, that out? Not it's not specified. specified. Okay. Right. How about Obama was working with them until twenty, at least twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Yeah, it took year, so how years. Many, how years. many years is that? That's uh, twenty uh, twenty twelve, uh, twenty twelve to yeah, five years, six years after. Well, no, actually, if it was twenty seventeen, that would have been a year or so. But it can take it's an indefinite amount of time. Oh, right, right, right. And and uh, we have. Uh, an ongoing process. They're in communication. The FBI actually did come there and observed, if not all, most of the documents. The documents were never in a, in, in, in a proximity with anyone that is alleged to be able to do harm. And he was trying to figure out what are personal documents, what aren't, what are, what, what are documents that should be uh, kept secret for a period of time. Yeah. He has a right to make those recommendations to the archivist. All right, but there here's and usually, the big thing. Usually it's done in the same city. They skip all of that. I mean, they get right to the uh, the alleged obstruction. I want to read this to you. After Trump attorney number one finished sealing a certain folder containing the documents with classification markers that he found inside Trump's boxes, Walt Nayuda took Trump attorney one to a dining room in Mar-a-Lago to meet with Trump. After Trump attorney number one confirmed that he was finished with his search of the storage room, Trump asked, did you find anything? Is it bad? Is it good? 
Trump and Attorney One then discussed what to do with the folder containing documents with classified markings and whether Trump Attorney One should bring them to his hotel room and put them in the safe there. During that conversation, Trump made a plucking motion as memorialized by the attorney. He made a funny motion as though, well, okay, why don't you take them with you to your hotel room and if there's anything really bad in there, like, you know, pluck it out. And that was the motion that he made. He didn't say that. Well, I mean, that is really uh, <laughs> that's a big stretch. He, uh, first of all, I don't know what a plucking plucking motion could be any number of things. Yeah. And if we're, we're talking about, you know, cr- criminal intent. It's got to be specific. He didn't say anything. Well, that, it's kind of cute. It, it, it's impo- that's useless. I'm not even sure that's admissible. That, that is somebody's interpretation. You, know, you can't testify to your interpretations. And it's his own attorney, oh, by the way. So they, they how do they get the attorney to share with They're him? They're going the, to argue that this falls within the uh, crime fraud exception to the attorney-client privilege. And how preposterous is that? That he was committing crimes with them. Now, uh, I, I don't see them charged with any crimes. I, I don't see them named. I, I, I've got to take a better look at the conspiracy section, but I don't see them any of them named as co-conspirators. So uh, they're going to have to prove that, th- that the lawyers were engaged in a crime with him. How about this? Is there a defense for Donald Trump in this? And by the way, I don't think he did anything wrong, but could he say every time the federal government – since 2015 has reached out to me with a subpoena with uh, you know FBI interview they've been out to get me they have they they it's adversarial they have they have a record of this the Mueller investigation the Steele dossier all fake so every time you guys come in i see you as you're not you're not uh to be trusted you're not whole, you're not a good actor yeah he, he certainly can do that but what he actually should do is make a motion to have this case dismissed as part of this case is not in isolation. This case should be presented to the judge as another attempt to frame Donald Trump Mm. by taking a law that wasn't intended to be used for criminal purposes and putting on it a whole criminal gloss that isn't there. For example, by interpreting uh, sign language, Uh, there are absurd things that are done here by uh, coming up with a, a crime fraud exception that is in the mind of only the prosecutor. They haven't proved that to anybody. Uh, what I would do is I would prepare a history of what's been done to him for the last five years and say this is the, this is probably not even the final chapter. This is probably chapter seven of frame Donald Trump. Yeah. And this, and this is what they did that was improper. Uh, I don't know how solid the evidence is that a lawyer was told he wasn't going to become a judge unless he turned his witness against him. That's That's been alleged. You have prosecutorial misconduct, yeah. right? Yeah, now, you'd make that part of it, and that would be very, very dramatic uh, testimony. And uh, the cases can be dismissed if there's been a gross uh, violation of the, of, uh, the just Justice rules of ethics. And I can't think of a situation where there's been anything w- uh, worse than this. And most of the things that you see here, I don't know how they prove intent. I mean, this is this is um, this is like at best negligent action. Where they, they, the rules weren't followed exactly the way they were supposed to be followed. Well, what about that thing? Uh, what do they call it? Um, not having knowledge of the law is no defense, or something like that, right? What if you say that? 
Well, not having knowledge of the law is is not a defense unless it's a specific intent crime. And then and then having knowledge of the law is important because you can't have the intent to violate a law you don't you don't know exists. And this is a regulatory this is I hate to use Latin definitions, but this is a regulatory crime. This isn't a common law of mala in se, meaning something that everyone knows is wrong. For example, you can't say, I didn't know that murder is against the law. Right. But you can say, I didn't know that Section 132B, X, Y, and Z of the SEC, that they had that rule. You you can say that. So, all right. These are very, very technical rules. A couple of things here. They say that the uh, the naval aid the, to Donald Trump, the personal aid, moved boxes onto a plane that went up to Bedminster, um, and they certify that everything you guys wanted, that you were looking for, we have complied with the subpoena, and we don't have anything else. And then the FBI shows up, wrongly, of course, but on August 8th, 2022, and they find the following. Let's see here. Trump's office. There were 27 documents, six top secret, 18 secret, three confidential. In the storage room, 75 documents, top secret, 11, 36 secret, 28 confidential. So, after they said they comply with the subpoena, they have the raid and they find this stuff. Now, by the way, there never should have been the raid, and I can't stand that we're here, but what about that part? Well, I mean, the reality is the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. This is who, who communicated that, who, uh, people probably did think that there was a complete, uh, search and that it was all done. The, the reality is that these are a complex group of documents. And communication between one person and another can easy, easily be wrong. Well, what if... Uh, and I don't think they ever gave them the impression that they had turned over all documents. Because they, they were still... When when the FBI executed that raid, they were still negotiating over documents. Right, right. So they knew they didn't have all the documents. Right. So whatever was said, it certainly didn't mislead them. Right. Uh, and they didn't mislead them because they they were negotiating over documents. And also the documents, just because it says secret on it, doesn't necessarily mean it's still secret. Correct. Uh, absolutely right. We don't know which ones were, de- were, were declassified. And uh, then, really, to do something like a crime rather than a civil action, you're going to have to look at the documents and see how damaging are they Are they really. Yeah. How, how much of this is really classified information and how much of it is the usual overclassification that goes on, and everything is marked classified. Wow, this is. Uh, but this is not a criminal case. I mean, this is right. this is this is a this is a regulatory case. This is the kind of thing that you do in front of a regulatory agency, where you've got all these very very technical rules that have to be followed exactly correctly, and you're saying they weren't, and somebody's fined for it. Where do you come down on the position that I've heard that Trump had the authority? to declassify just by looking at a box. You know, just by those documents are declassified, I'm taking them with me. Is that valid? Certainly it's valid uh, be, uh, because the president needs that in order to be able to handle documents. In other words, um, in case of an emergency, things have to be done quickly. The president picks up a document. He doesn't have to go through a big process. The minute he picks it up, and decides he's going to use it, it's been declassified. Right. Um, now, if we're talking about documents that are going to be taken for the purpose of going through an analysis 
of whether they're personal or not. I, I can't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if if. But he might not have known that. He but, certainly he certainly thought that he had the power to just look at the, look at a group group, group of documents and say these are declassified. I got to read them now. By the way, when you're in the White House, classified documents. Aren't that rare? Aren't that unique? <laughs> I mean, you're in, you're actually in this very sensitive area, the West Wing of the, the White House, the right. center of the universe. You're allowed to have secret stuff laying there. You don't yeah, have this to, is why right? Hunter Biden shouldn't be walking around the White House. <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't want that. But I mean, it's just the stuff is not like, Ooh, we are now looking at a secret document, everybody. It's not that precious, right? Co- correct. I mean, there are levels, as you know, there are levels of security. And every once in a while, there's a document, and you can tell it's precious because five people are surrounding it, and they got four envelopes, and they take it back, closing it, and they take it back, and they show it to one person, the president, and they walk out with it. Right. But no, most documents that are classified, I mean, everyone knows this. This has been going on for thirty years. It was going on in the Reagan administration when I worked there. Overclassification, and what happens is, because of that, you get lazy. You know, it's like crying wolf too much. So it looks like most of this complaint, by the way, the prosecutor, Jack Smith, if that is his real name, as my friend Mark says, um, is going to be speaking at about three o'clock. Check it out. The podium is right there. See see what he can do to prejudice the jury. jury Right, right, right. All right. Do me a favor. Mr. Mayor, stay with us. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I have some, uh, well, I have a request. I believe your country needs you again. <laughs> well, you'd have to get, get it past the Bar Association. Oh, my God. Are you not licensed to practice law right well, now? I'm suspended. They really went through with that. I mean, I knew it was like. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I have a hearing coming up, uh, you know, sometime in 2040. Yeah, this is America. You're allowed to have different opinions about no, law. No, I'm not. In it's fact, incredible, right? I know you're. In not. fact, the one in New York where I'm suspended, the people going after me in Wa- in Washington have said they would never have brought because it's a violation of the First Amendment. They like their complaint, but they think that the one in New York is an improper uh, violation of my First Amendment rights. You know, it's a trickle down effect, though. By the way, like for instance, I personally would like to go to. Uh, I don't know, the Department of Justice this weekend and, you know, with some friends, with some signs and, you know, you know, chant and and say things, you know, bad decision. I I don't know. Uh, but that, oh, January 6th. Oh, no, you're terrorist list. Right. They're going to like, and, and, uh, then who knows what they'll do. They'll infiltrate it. They'll, they'll provoke something. And so I'm not doing that. I think that was all, that's that's all been done on, on purpose. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all part. And I think what's, what was done to me is to make it difficult for him to get a lawyer. Exactly. It it makes other lawyers reluctant, but he needs he needs a he needs a lawyer. Who's out there? Who's available? Who could you see possibly doing this? Oh, we've been through almost everybody. There's no, there's no one that right now comes to my mind that would do it, and that's because they've created uh, an ad terrorum effect. Uh, I mean, I've. You can get thrown out of your you get thrown out of your law firm. Uh, Jim Tru- Jim Trusty and John Rowley announced they've resigned. I'm not sure why, but they are I'm gone. Not, I'm not sure either. What about Bob Costello? Uh, Bob, uh, I think Bob, Bob Bob would be terrific if he wanted to do it, and the president wanted him to do it. Bob is a, is an absolutely first rate 
uh, both lawyer and trial lawyer. Because there there's a difference sometimes between lawyers and trial lawyers. I want to th- you to think back for a moment when you were a U.S. attorney. You had some you had some great guys, young Turks. You know what I mean? Yeah, in but a good they're, way. All, they're almost all uh, anti-Trumpers. Right. That office that office is you know a very left wing. Uh, particularly kind of anti-Trump office. What about, and I know the answer, I think, but just for a moment, Michael Chertoff. Michael hasn't really tried a case in a long, long time. Very good, very good lawyer. Someone has to know on the merits. This is, by the way, this is a but great... I don't think Michael would do it. Michael, yeah. Michael, Michael's been part of some of the letters, including, I think, one's criticizing me. I think. I'm not sure of that, but I, I think he has been. All right, so... Uh... All right. Yeah. So what happens next? Look, look what they've done. I mean, it's unbelievable. They've, 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 uh, just think of all of the things we rely on as rights in America that yeah. they have, uh, destroyed. Um, so 3 p.m. on Tuesday, he's supposed to be in court. What's going to happen then? Well, the only thing that will happen then is he's going to enter a plea. He's obviously enter a plea of not, of not guilty. The judge is going to set up a schedule for motions. Uh, obviously he's going to be let out on bail. But there's no need to arrest him, or is he technically going to be arrested? Federal government, you can waive all that if you want. Yeah. I mean, if the if the U.S. attorney wants to waive that. You just come just, here at 3 o'clock, and we'll handle it, and then you can yeah, go then on you your go way. Get pro, you, go get, you do have to get processed like you did in the in the state court. He'll have to go downstairs into the marshal's office, get photographed, get fingerprinted. Uh, but they don't have to handcuff him if they don't want to, and they don't have to you know lead him in. <laughs> like they're bringing the prison bus over, um, and I would, I would think, I would think they're going to do that. I mean, we are, uh, we are in, uh, even in New York, they were treated with respect that way. Yeah. Federal court's different than a state court, and um, look, I mean, the jury pool there, we can't complain about it. It's a jury pool where he's got as good a chance to get good jurors as bad ones. Mr. Mayor, I got to go across the street to Newsmax, ten o'clock tonight. Uh, I think you're cut, you're doing such a great service uh, to the I'm, country. I'll, I'll give you a call later after I get a chance to go through it. Would you? Yeah. All right. To be continued, We're sir. We're only gone through heaven. See you soon.